Hello and welcome to The Voyage of the Scarlet Queen from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Entry, the Catch Scarlet Queen, Philip Carney, Master. Position, 3 degrees, 12 minutes north, 100 degrees, 20 minutes east. Wind brisk, sky overcast. Remarks, departed Penang after discharging cargo and non-paying passengers. Reason for free passage, the bubble dancer and the buccaneers. days that had passed since we'd cleared Singapore Harbor, weather conditions had changed from calm and fair to roaring gale. And on the fifth night, we were still feeling our way northward through the Malacca Strait. What a night, Skipper. You can have it, mate. It's the sloppiest weather we've had since we left the state. Oh, go on below and get something dry on outside here and something wet inside here. Skipper, I'll take over. Okay, Red. I can use both. I made a few steps toward the cabin passageway when a hail from the bow lookout stopped me.
And so Mutual continues The Voyage of the Scarlet Queen, written by Gil Dowd and Bob Tolman, and starring Elliot Lewis. The Scarlet Queen, proudest ship to plow the seas, bound for uncharted adventure. Every week, a complete entry in the log, and every week, a league further in the voyage of the Scarlet Queen. Did she say? No. You know what she kept talking about while she could talk? No, what? Uh... About keeping us off that reef. That's all she talked about. Hmm. It's a trap of some kind. Those boys. Those boys are strung out to fool you into thinking it's a safe harbor, but they lead right to a reef. Oh, well, then that's how her ship was wrecked. Then when the poor guys tried to land, they were machine guns. From what she said, somebody was operating a big light ashore, picking off all the survivors like clay pigeons. Sounds like salvage pirates, doesn't Sounds it? Sounds like it. What else? What is that joint, you know? No, I'm not so sure of our position in this weather. I haven't had a sextant sight since yesterday. I'm afraid we have to lay two out here until the weather clears before we can find out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't suppose it matters much what the place is, does it, Skipper? Anybody be... They'd be crazy to go in there to investigate with a flock of machine guns waiting for them. Wouldn't they? Sure. Yeah. What would they get out of it outside of shot up? That's right. Well, I mean, why don't you pour another drink, Skippy? Yeah, sure, Rick. You know, one way you look at it, she saved the queen. She... Oh, uh, oh, oh, the, the lady. Yeah. Oh, thanks. <clears throat> Maybe even our lives. Yeah, but we'd be nuts to bust in there and get a ship full of slugs and get knocked around. Sure. None of our business if somebody's got a paying deal working. No. They got her ship, but they didn't get ours. That's what counts. Yeah. 
We got a time contract on the cargo we got aboard, haven't we? Yeah. We'd lose a lot of money even if we were only one day late getting to Penang. Isn't that right? How much? 500 bucks. What? We'd lose 500 bucks. Oh. I'll split it with you, Skipper. The devil you will get. Well, I meant it. My ship she saved. I'll take the loss. Did you think I'd sail away and leave that death trap in operation? Who's ever behind those phony lights is going to have some visitors. The morning broke grim and lowering. The wind had lightened. We stood in toward the island. Giant rocks with razor-sharp edges crouched near the shore like sea monsters with open jaws. We saw the false voyage leading straight for the rocks. One light even mounted on a cliff ashore. And some wreckage from a ship bobbed in the water. The cliff that faced us had blotted out any view of the other side of the island. But when we started to circle it, we found the real anchorage. A small bay rimmed by a strip of beach. Then out of the brush that bordered the beach, there swarmed the mangiest group of men I've ever seen. Moros, Malays, mongrels. About 20 of them. Armed to the teeth. Captain Carney, sir, there they are. Shall they open fire? No, hold it, Nelson. What kind of reception is that? They're waving to us. I don't trust them, Skipper. It's another trick. Don't worry, Gallagher. I don't trust them either. But you can't open fire on a guy's face when he's holding out his hand to shake you. Now, well, they aren't shaking mine. Look at them. It's coming to sea. And those aren't lay hankies they're waving. No, they're well armed. Then why didn't they take cover so they could ambush us when we come ashore? Why show themselves and offer a perfect target? That tricky, Skipper. That tall one there, the big guy without a shirt, he must be the boss, huh? Yeah. Look at him grin. He'll be grinning without those teeth. Go tell the crew to stay out of sight and stand by, Red. You and I will put the small boat over the side. my invitation, especially considering the storm. Yeah. Some people weren't so lucky in that storm. Yes, as a matter of fact, we did catch a little something in our trap last night. Not much, but it helps. But you of all men know how that is, huh? Yeah. Every little bit helps, huh? Exactly, Captain. Since my ship was smashed on this reef, I've been hard put for profitable occupation. And this salvage work makes me feel that I'm accomplishing something. Yeah. Nice, you can keep your hand in. Yeah. Uh, just how many ships have you collected? Oh, half a dozen. All small, but they add up. Sometimes my friend, uh, the sea, sends them to me. And sometimes I, Kim, have to give my old friend a hand. So you rigged the lights, huh, Kim? Right. Last night's accident was literally a windfall. Coming as it did on the eve of your arrival. Yeah. 
Nice stroke of luck. A little rough on the crew, maybe, but... <laughs> oh, come, my friends. You two are all the sailors as practical as I am, from what I've heard about you. Now, come on. Here's the trail to the camp. Yeah, sure. Tell me, uh, exactly what have you heard about it? Uh, don't be modest, Captain. Your reputation has preceded you. That's why I was so sure you'd accept my proposition. All three of us have the same appreciation for the profits of the high seas. <laughs> the trailer? Uh, what a trio. I, Kim, the most clever salvage artist of the China coast. And you. Aha. Yeah, what about us? Only the most infamous buccaneers of the South Pacific. And I suppose I should feel greatly honored that two such celebrated pirates come when I ask them to. Oh, now, look, you're overdoing it a little, aren't you, Ken? <laughs> Hardly, Mr. McPherson. Every skipper in these waters is afraid of Cash Wilson and Scotch McPherson. But tell me, Wilson, how did you and your first mate manage to respond to my proposition so soon? Huh? Well, uh, it was a matter of luck. A good ship and a good helmsman, McPherson. Yes, I envy you that ship. One reason I made my offer was the reputation of your catch. I hope you don't have any salvage ideas. Yeah, a couple of men did. We'll make this the fire partnership. Char and char alike. Well, Wilson, do we understand each other? Now, let me get this straight, Tim. We provide the ship, huh? I thought that was agreed. What have you got to offer? Well, like I explained in the message, salvage what a good price in certain ports. Now everything is packed and ready to load aboard your ship. It shouldn't take more than a couple of hours. And then we'll leave. I see. Wang for charge! everything okay on the ship. Yeah. I'll go ahead, McPherson, and see that they get started with the loading. Yeah, okay. Red, what's the deal, Skipper? What kind of game is this we're playing? Who am I? I gather you're my mate, and you and I have built up a reputation in these parts as a couple of grade-A pirates. Oh, that's great. Just great. Well, I guess we'd better figure something out before somebody hangs us from a yard on. Red, huh? let them go on with their loading. If we can get them all aboard, we'll lock them in a hold and give a nice, fast passage to the British authorities in Penang. Yeah, but let's hope they don't tumble. That we're not Wilson and McPherson. All right, stick with them while they're loading the small boat, Red. Get aboard before they do and tip off the crew. Tell them they never heard of Gallagher or Carney. you got to play it this way. Okay, hold it. Huh? Here comes the Russo-Korean. Uh, okay, McPherson, get started. Okay, I'll see you down there. Right. It will require about 20 trips in this small boat, Captain. Oh, okay, Kim. My crew will stow the stuff as your boys put it aboard. McPherson will handle it. Good, good. Well, that leaves you and me a few hours of leisure in which to get acquainted. Uh, Wilson, I can tell you that we're looking forward to getting a deck under our feet again after three months of rotting ashore. Yeah, I can see how you would. Uh, come with me, Wilson. I believe I have a little surprise for you. Another? <laughs> a pleasant one, I'm sure. Uh, this way. It's only a few short steps. Uh, mind the brush. Wow. This, I take it, is headquarters. Yes. It is humble, but we're involved in the way of life here. Most of the ships that were unfortunate enough to run aground here were well outfitted. 
while unfortunately we were not quite able to rescue any of the passengers or crews. Uh, we were able to rescue some furniture, even cook stoves and generators for power and light. Ah, here we are, Wilson. What do you think? Quite a housing project. Built entirely of salvage materials. Mm -hmm. And this little mansion is where you bunk, huh? <laughs> if it seems a bit pretentious, there's a reason. As you know... I have no doubt. Su Ling not only demands these comforts, in my opinion, she deserves them. Su Ling? No other. I imagine you're looking forward to seeing her again, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah, I am. I understand that you were old friends. Hey, come on. Yeah. Go right in. Well, Su Ling, here is your old friend, Captain Wilson. Captain... Wilson? She was Chinese and young, in a rough cotton shirt, loose cotton trousers. She looked at me. My hand was moving toward my automatic. She looked at Kim. His fingers were already wrapped around his. Then she looked back at me as if she was waiting for one of us to start something. Your old friend, my Lotus Blossom. But not like my old friend at all. What is this? No, you, you're not acting at all like Cass Wilson, I know. Explain yourself, my dream of love. Gosh, for heaven's sake, is this the way to greet an old friend? I'm sorry, Su Ling. It was, it's just that well, I... Well, that's more like it. Come here, Cash. Let me look at you. Yeah. Sure. And let me look at you. Baby, you're more beautiful than I realize. You have not changed, Cash. Still the same sweet liar. But I love it, darling. I really love it. Yeah. How long has it been, anyway? San Francisco? Yeah. Oh, four years at least, I guess, hasn't it? That long? It's the old Manchu Temple on Grant Avenue. Yeah. You know how I met this barnacle sea dog, Kim? By heart, my passion flower. You were doing your... Uh... My artistic oriental interpretive dance. And he broke my balloon with a lighted cigarette. <laughs> you remember, Cass? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was quite the cut-up in those days. Well, don't stop now. My... Husband is a very understanding man. Are you not, Kim? Very understanding. Up to a point, my lotus blossom. Well, would you tell me about yourself, Kat? As if I haven't heard. Well, I guess the word does get around, huh? You, you have made quite a name for yourself. Yeah, I have. Made quite a name for myself. Well, I owe you an apology, Wilson. For just a moment there, it occurred to me that perhaps you were not Cash Wilson at all. What gave you that crazy idea? The fact that you made no mention of Su Ling after coming here from Singapore on her behalf. I wasn't quite sure of you either, Kim. I found it pays to be careful in this. <laughs> You're right, Wilson. Well, now that I've given you your little surprise, I trust you and my angel of beauty have some old memories to relive for a few minutes. I'd like to have a few words with Mr. McPherson, you join me when you're ready. Yeah, all right. Well, well, here we are, huh, Su Ling? Hmm? Listen, I do not care who you are. I must talk to you. Where can I meet you later? I can't leave him alone with my mate. i got to get down there. Meet me right after dark on the beach at the north end of the bay on the blink All right, gorgeous. It's a date. And we'll leave at dawn. We'll have to destroy the voyage. I don't like loose ends. Oh, that's easy. Puncture the boys. We'll let the sea cover up for us. How about the big light up on those rocks? Never mind. It was here when we came. 
It's a ship blinker. Who knows? It may serve a useful purpose in some future emergency. <laughs> it may even save a life. You're getting charitable, Kim. I'm a very charitable man when it does not interfere with my profit. Now you got a great code of ethics. Like your own, Wilson, it serves my purpose. And I'm honest in my way. That's why I don't bother to remove that blinker light. It's the property of others. By nightfall, the job was done. The cargo was aboard, and the last boatload of Kim's crew, supervised by Gallagher, were rowing out to the Queen. Kim headed for the camp for a final checkup. I slipped out of sight and started up the beach. Sue Ling was waiting for me at the end of the bay. They are gone? Yeah. They're all aboard but Kim. He went up to the camp. And he's looking for me. You think, Captain, whoever you are? It used to be Phil Carney, and I'm sorry I didn't meet you behind your bubble in that Grand Avenue dive, beautiful. Say, who is this guy Cash Wilson? The worst man I ever knew, except my husband. They certainly deserve each other. That is why I took Jesse Wilson in the first place. You were the one who wanted to bring him together? Yes, I had a reason. I got Kim to send two of our natives in handmade tampon to Singapore. They had message from me asking Wilson to come. I had my idea. Of course, Kim had his. What's the rest of the deal? As soon as he gets aboard, Kim plans to take over your ship. Yeah? You know what for? I'm beginning to catch on. To use as his own for piracy. Well, that doesn't surprise me somehow. Would you find a nice guy like that to marry? I would have gotten rid of him. You had not interfered. Me interfered? This island could have been in anybody's way. What do you mean? I talked him into sending for Cash Wilson because I knew they would be at one another's throat over me. And I knew Cash would win. Even that would be better than Kim. And then you show up. I'm sorry, Suling. No matter how you look at it, I'm sorry. Then why don't you kill him? I warn you. You know what he's going to do? Stop him and get me away from him. You know I might just do that, Gordon? He doesn't know it, but that's what we came in here for. You do not know it, Captain Carney. But I am glad to learn of it before it's too late. No. Careful, Captain. There's no truer gun than this. Then wait. wait. First, Captain Carney, I must ask you to hand over your gun. Quickly. Yeah. And you, Suling, were planning to get rid of me, eh? No. Well, I want to thank you for relieving me of you. No, Kim. No, Kim. Don't cry. I don't like it. I don't like crying. I said, don't cry. Don't cry. I was on top of him before he could turn back to me. As quick as he was, I counted on the strength that he had. But I learned in the space of a few seconds. His right arm was a club and it sent me collapsing into the brush. I didn't go back to the beach. All I could think of was getting away. I ran for a few yards. And I realized that I was stopped. The cliff loomed ahead of me. I had to turn and face Kim's bullets or climb. I climbed. I dragged myself upward. Putting my hands where there was no place to grip. Putting my feet where there was no foothold. When Kim stopped firing, I knew why he was starting up the cliff after me. You won't get away, Connie! I moved faster. I reached the top and scrambled over the edge. 
And I stopped. The big blinker light was a few feet away, blinking out in the street. The light that Tim had so charitably said might save someone's life. Tim was nearing the top now. I could hear him scrambling up the cliff. I got to the light. I swung it around. I put my shoulder to it. Tilted it down. Till it shone into his eyes. Uh, Conley, what are you doing? Blinded by the thousands of candle power, he hesitated momentarily long enough for me to pry loose a boulder with my heel. I kept the light in his face. I don't get you yet. I worked the boulder to the edge. Get you. It balanced for a moment. And then I sent it crashing down. Tim reacted to the sudden pain and missed his foothold. He plunged to the rock below. We didn't wait for dawn. With the incoming tide, we left the bay and headed out into Malacca Strait with more cargo than we'd entered with. The next afternoon, we docked at Penang, discharged our cargo consigned and salvaged, turned our free passengers over to the authorities, and stood out with empty holds in an order to pick up silicon in Surabaya. There was a good fresh breeze sweeping out from the Malay Peninsula, going to waste and eager to be caught. Gallagher shouted the crew to the job of catching it. Stop it, Chief! Make fire! The mainsail climbed into place and blossomed out, caught with wind. The jibs went out. Then the mizzen. And the Scarlet Queen, light in the hull from lack of cargo ballast, took a frivolous pitch and skipped like a schoolgirl onto her course. Well, Captain Wilson, any sign of some good pirate loot? That wasn't funny, Red. That Tim wasn't kidding. Oh, I know he wasn't, Skipper. I was just trying to cheer you up. Uh, did he really mean to kill her, or was that a wild shot he was throwing at you? It wasn't wild. <laughs> well, you kind of paid it off, didn't you? Not the way I would have liked to. I was a little late. Oh, come on, Skipper. There's a bright side. The Peninsula Company didn't fine us for being late with that cargo, and those cops thanked us for what we did, and we didn't go onto that reef ourselves. Yeah, I guess that's one way to look at it, Red. Yeah. The queen wouldn't have looked so good hung up on those rocks. That's right. And we can thank that poor dame on the life raft for saving the queen. And our necks, too. You know, Skipper, we get saved every once in a while by a woman. Yeah, well, they're kind of handy to have around once in a while. <laughs> but I like the one we got around all the time. Yeah, I'll bet. <laughs> to the queen, Skipper. To the Scarlet Queen. After you, mate. After you. Log entry. The Catch Scarlet Queen. 5.30 p.m. Wind fresh. Sky fair. Sea calm. Ship secure for night. Signed, Philip Carney, Master. Mutual invites you to sail into further adventure on the voyage of the Scarlet Queen next week at the same time.
Green stars Elliot Lewis as Phil Carney with Ed Max as Gallagher. And tonight featured William Conrad as Kim with Lillian Bayef as Suling. Music scored and conducted by Richard O'Rant. The Scarlet Queen, produced by James Burton, is written by Gil Dowd and Bob Tolman. The Voyage of the Scarlet Queen has come to you through the worldwide facilities of the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service. Thank you.